So, <clears throat> what we went to see last time... We've just started recording. Yeah. Around uh, near Comic-Con, back when that was a thing, uh, they had, like, you know, they have, like, side events. Mm -hmm. So, I think it was the Angelica Theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that's a theater I haven't been to. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the... No, it was the one on... Whatever the one on 12th is uh, in Manhattan. They were showing the first... Sunshine. I think Sunshine, yeah. Okay. My Hero Academia uh, movie. And that anime is like absurdly popular both in Japan and here in America. And it was it was a beautiful theater because they had it in a, like their like sort of special event theater. Uh, it sat about 800 people or something like that. And everyone who was there was a, I think I talked about this on the podcast actually, was just a massive fan. So anytime one of the characters showed up on, like, in the beginning, you know, in the beginning of the movie, they have, like, oh, the characters just show up on screen. Mm -hmm. Every time a new character from the show uh, showed up on screen, people started cheering. There is a scene in the movie near the end, if you ever watch the anime, I won't spoil it. But it's basically a, a thing that, because of the way the plot in the anime has gone, it's a thing that you're never going to see happen, like, ever. It was only in the movie, because it was specifically the way the movie was timed in between the two seasons. Uh, it was something that was like, one of the characters was, was losing his, his powers, so he might... You're never going to see him do that, and you get to see these two characters, basically the two main characters team up, and when that happened, the like 800 people just lost their shit. Okay. <laughs> like, like I have, I don't think I have even at like concerts, like live events, I have never heard an audience scream that loud, like lose their shit. It was like. The only thing I can compare it to, but on a much smaller scale, I guess, is like, you know, teenage girls at like a pop, like, for our generation, I guess, teenage girls at an NSYNC concert. It, it was that level. Or like, NSYNC is not current teenage. It isn't. No, 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 no. That's like, that's why I said in oh. our generation. Oh, okay. I couldn't think of a current version of that. I don't even think there is a current version of that. But, like, yeah, people are losing their shit. And this is going to be significantly less people, obviously, because they have to space out the seating. Um, but uh, I, I think it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be, like, half of that audience, but just people just losing their shit. Okay. This is going to be a lot of fun. Right. It's a thing that we can do, because <laughs> we're vaccinated now. Um, how about you, Rich, and Charlie? What have you guys been up to? some Falcon earlier today, so we're up to date. Uh, my parents got vaccinated already, like fully vaccinated. Oh, that's so, great. That's great. So that's why I was, I, I was looking, just, you know, just looking after my mom a little bit last weekend. Okay. Uh, she got her second dose and she was definitely, um, you know, she, she had some side effects over the weekend. But she's doing a lot better now. Moderna, yeah. I'm assuming, right? A Moderna, yeah. yeah. 
And then my dad got his second dose yesterday, and he's just he's doing he's doing well. He's Good. he's um, but just fatigued, but he didn't get any headaches or anything else. So I. Anything too serious, so that's good. And my brother got his first dose of Pfizer today. Oh, okay. His arm is gonna hurt, basically. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. arms yeah. gonna be hurting. Um, yeah. But I'm glad that more of these. Um, I'm glad that more uh, people are getting uh, vaccinated, which is a promising sign that hopefully. In the fall, you know, Basically, we can right, get right, some semblance of normalcy. Right before it went, they, they put it on pause. Uh, the last, basically, of our, the last quote-unquote holdouts in our, uh, in the immediate family group uh, got the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Mm, so, okay. um, yeah, basically, I can now go visit my parents and, and basically our whole family, because we don't really <laughs> talk to our you know, outside of our immediate family, uh, we can all like talk and hug each other. My mom just had her birthday, so okay, that's good. Uh, well, technically, we just celebrated her birthday. Her birthday is technically Monday, yeah. but okay. yeah, it was fun. We got to like hang out and not, you know, we didn't have to wear masks the entire time. We could like hug each other. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was beautiful. That's great. And how's your PTSD, Charlie? Your post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I enabled him. What was it yesterday? I didn't mean to. I just you never <laughs> enable him. But see, Judy, this, this, this is why I'm upset, right? Because like, did I or did I not have this conversation? <laughs> like, did I or did I not have this conversation with you? And then, and then you're gonna be like, oh, let me help him. I'm like, no. You give him an I'm inch, he will take a mile. You know this. Okay. You can't encourage a, a creature like this. So, so let's let's get right into it because there's a there's not a huge amount like there was last week. We actually got through a lot last week. I was, you know, how much we got through. Uh, we didn't record a three-hour podcast <laughs> last week, which was nice. Uh, so the most recent we have to talk about the most recent episode. There's a lot. In yeah, the most I mean, recent episode of Falcon Winter Soldier. Uh, did you guys? You you said you both watched the recent episode, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what have you? What are your thoughts on the show so far? I like it. I'm, it's it's growing a little bit on me. It's it's a different flavor from what we had with WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, it's not. It's not perfect. I feel like it's, it has some strengths and weaknesses, but overall, I'm, I'm following it. Okay. Shoulder shrug. <laughs> Dude, I was like, I was bawling. Like, this is like the, in, this is just like the perfect show for me because, I mean, I grew up watching like 90s, 80s action TV shows, you know, and just like the montage, I just love montages, like training montages. They're just like fucking per They just get me psyched up. And just having that in this show was amazing. But just as I, I was texting Jamie the other day, when I first saw, uh, I saw th this episode again this afternoon. And I just was like, I appreciated the subject matter, at, you know, overall in terms of where they went, the harsh discussions that they had. 
And, you know, I'm like, I was just really appreciative that, you know, Disney went there, you know, with this subject matter, you know, and yeah, that just like, it just like cut me real deep and I really appreciate that. I'm glad they didn't leave that story alone. It was great to have it in the previous, was it episode three or? I believe so, two or three. Uh, uh, where they bring up uh, Isaiah Washington. Um, Bradley. Bradley, sorry. Oh, that's why. The actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's... <laughs> I was like, that sounds familiar. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm glad they didn't leave that story alone. Um, it was good. It was, like, I was happy enough. Like, I was... Excited isn't exactly the right word for it. Um, but I... For lack of a better term, I was excited that they brought that up. But to return to it, um, and to give that story, like... The time I think it it needed, at least for this, and also to have that story uh, be relevant and be reflected in uh, in uh, Sam's story uh, is like I was just everything about that, like just from like a narrative story, all the characters, everything about that, I was just like, yes, this is... Yeah, so to recap, um, they use this episode as an opportunity just to like get, just to like, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's, and just like get the characters just to like address issues that, you know, were left unaddressed since the beginning of the episode. And um, yeah, it was Sam's opportunity just like to get the full story about what Isaiah Bradley's experience was like because I mean the ideas of the show is about how Falcon will become the next Captain America and you can't really become the next Captain America without fully addressing the heinous activities that happened with uh, a black soldier that had a super serum um, serum so the idea is that you know he couldn't move forward until he understood the past a little more clearly and just to make amends of, of, for all that and um, just the harsh truths um, in fact the scene with Bradley just about him rescuing his fellow uh, soldiers pretty much mimics what Captain America did in the first movie the only difference is he didn't come home a hero he that's just was thrown in jail I for mean, that in a lot, cause I, I read it years ago this is over, I want to say over 15 years ago now, that that story came out in the comic books. Uh, that's basically... Truth. And that's what the title of this episode yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, uh, It's basically, like, that's the story. Of the, the, I think the what happened to him afterward isn't necessarily... It's a little bit rosier colored at, at, at the end of the comic book as far as what happens to Isaiah Bradley. Um... But, yeah, it is, like, it's just, that, his whole story, I was just like, it's, it's right out of the comic book. Yeah. I'm was... so glad that, like, they brought that up. I also really, I, I appreciated a little moment with, uh, with Bucky, where he basically goes, Ida, because they're from the, and it, it's when you remember that, like, Bucky and Steve were originally from the 40s, it would have never occurred, I mean, it's basically white privilege, but it's. But it's also like it would have never occurred to them. It wouldn't occur to most people. Yeah, you know. of like how 
like Steve, like because Steve is uh, that that actually brought me back to that kind of idea of what we were talking about before is that Steve's kind of idealism can blind him to react could have could blind him to reality. Yeah. Um. And that's was definitely like Bucky apologizing and just be like, yeah, it just never occurred to us yeah. that that would be an issue. And, and just I'm sorry, hearing we those never words, even thought of that. Yeah, just hearing those words from a like white character. Oh wait, I mean, I don't, I don't know everything, and I didn't factor in these, you know, different variables, you know, that could make this a more difficult experience to. Sorry about that. You know, I will do better next time or something like that. So I really did appreciate that the writers included that line of dialogue, you know, from Bucky, you know, in terms of like acknowledging yeah. that they're blindsided by a whole different reality that, you know, they are not privy to. You were saying, Rich? Yeah, no, I, I caught you. Uh, I caught you off guard because I was thinking about that Isaiah Bride Bradley. Uh, it's if I remember, it's called Red, White, and Black. I think. It's Truth, Red, White, White, and Black. Truth, Red, White. That's yeah. what the, the, the copy was. I think it was like a four-hour, uh, four-issue or six-issue miniseries that Marvel did back in the day, and it was a huge, as like whatever you know. There, you know, as with all stories like this, it was a huge controversy. Because it was there was the side of people who were like, this is an important story that needs to be told, and it, it doesn't take anything away from Cap's story. It just makes it more grounded in the reality of America at that time. Uh, and then, of course, there are all the dumb white people who are just like, you're throwing dirt on his name and blah, blah, this is a disgraceful, oh, you know, you're just being you know, cowing to political correctness, you know, all the, all the same, I don't need to repeat it, it's all the same bullshit you hear whenever one of these stories comes out. Uh, but all it really was, was just like, uh, for me, when I read the story, I was like, no, this just makes sense. <laughs> like, and the fact that no one's talked about it till, till now, like, and this was, when the story came out, like I said, it was like 15, 20 years ago. I mean, yeah, I mean, as we all know, I mean, th the last couple of years, and especially what's been going on with the last, you know, week or sure, two, yeah. um, it's just more appropriate to talk about stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, just like, um, and just, I was very surprised that the start of this episode just, like, picked right off from the end of last week's episode with, you know... Captain America's shield still wet with blood and yeah. just the consequences. And you were talking about how, you know, it with Walker, you know. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah. His, his hearing. Yeah. Really, I was like. I was just like, see, this is what I was talking yeah. about. I mean, it's like, I, I, I see it, you know. I mean, he is what they're, they've conditioned him to be, yeah. which is kill, you know, see an enemy, kill them. And what's her name? Julia Louis Dreyfus's character was correct. If he just killed them off in private or without cameras, nothing would have no happened. One would care. No one would no care. No one. In yeah. fact, they would have like, as she was she was saying correctly saying, they would have applauded him for it. But the fact that he was not, 
you know, he just saw he just saw red and just wanted to kill this guy regardless of the situation or the environment. It just looked bad for the American government. And, and, and also, just like they just like it was for me. I like I I was just like obviously like you know, they're gonna relieve him of the title, but then they fucking like they fucking like also you're gonna be like non honorably discharged and we're gonna cancel all your benefits. It's just like to be honest, that's not realistic because there are cops that are still yeah, living. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was large. It's like ideally we, that's what we would love to have happen with the current climate with well, no, no, they because he's like. You know, it's an icon, and they're making an example of him. You know what I mean? It's like he's not the everyday person. But that actually, I, I actually sort of was just like, really? Okay, you're just gonna completely like? I understand stripping him of the title, but you're gonna cut his benefits too? It was just like he's still a sol- he was still an ex-soldier. He's still a veteran. Yeah. Like, and he's done things. Yeah. You know, like for the every government. other fucking veteran who's yeah. seen in combat. It was just like, ugh. Well, except like. That, that's an argument that comes up every time you see you hear one of these stories too, right? That like, is this an isolated incident or is this, you know, or is this more? And I'm like, strip him of his, of his stuff. He held a role for which there was great power and great responsibility. Make his shit away from it. Although the nerd in me is just thinking about next steps. What can they do with this character? I mean, they did establish that the raft is where Baron Zemo is going to be. Maybe they shove him in there and who knows? Maybe they do a version of the Thunderbolts. Marvel's version of the that's Suicide been, there's Squad. There's been a rumor you know. about that. Yeah, the, so, the Thunderbolts is where they're going to get. That's going to be way down the line, but that's... It. That is the, the rumor that's swirling around. Yeah. And so I, I didn't Google this. I should probably Google it now. But I'm, So Julie Dreyfus, her character is either... Oh, by the way, when we speak of Julie, Julie Louis Dreyfus, she is a goddess, all right? She is a goddess, all right? You talked... To, you utter her name Deep. with... Deference. Alright. She what I loved whatever so much. Whatever she does, it's fucking gold. You know. Um and she just looks radiant as always. Um, yeah. She's like a pint sized natural treasure, because I know she's really short and it's like gosh. Um but yeah, I just it's just seeing her I I was I was Taken by surprise by her cameo, I was like, "Really? Was really? I yes." Was I was complete. I saw her on screen. I'm like, "What? What is happening?" I I couldn't believe what, what I was watching. I'm not sure what her character is in the comics, but and I'm really curious of now about her, she's, uh, her, where ultimately she's going to fit across the MCU. I think, isn't she supposed to be like Madame Hydra or something like that? That's what I was going to say, yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah, it's, she's Madame Hydra. Obscure, but I think they'll probably set up, you know, her as a next leader of whatever criminal organization that's going to try to cause trouble on planet Earth. Um, well, well, you know the thing with Hydra is, 
the thing from you know Captain America Winter Soldier, it's cut off one head, three more will grow, is they didn't they never really even Captain America Winter Soldier and in uh Agents of Shield, the, the TV show, never really got rid of Hydra. So they're still they might not still be calling themselves Hydra, but they're they're still running around. I mean, keep in mind, this is all comic book related. They never get rid of yeah, anything because exactly. you need them back just to stir, stir shit up in the future. Um but yeah, just like her cameo was like a secret. I didn't know anything about that. Even the internet date Fortunately, the internet wasn't an asshole and didn't spoil anything to me. So I was really happy that I was surprised by that. So I'm just like, I'm just giddy over the possibilities of what her role is going to be in the MCU moving forward. Yeah. Um, and they said, you know, Walker's building his own shield. He's, he's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah, he, he's going full on Kray right now. Um, you like... What? Well, there is like a. I've never read. I, I'm familiar with the character U.S. Agent, which is supposed to be like a darker version of Captain America. Um, my hope, which is what we're referring to the rumors about Thunderbolts, is that they could use this character at, for like future cameos and this new. IP with the Thunderbolts, but he's sure. supposed to be like an anti-Captain America. U U.S. Agent was never part of the Thunderbolts, but that's as far as I, or at least not the original version of the Thunderbolts. Yeah, but they could always tweak the roster tweak just yeah, for yeah. the movies and TV uh, show. I think it's so the whole what what I think is going to become of him is that he's essentially he's going to become kind of a Hydra agent. Even if they don't call it Hydra. Uh, and also, like, in the comic books, it's basically, you know, he's super, it's the same, he's basically the same character in the comic books. He's, like, super unstable, he's got, like, he's got PTSD, and he has some substance abuse problems in, in the comic books, which will probably come up on the show. Uh, but, yeah, uh, for a while, it's basically, like, They send him out. He becomes like a government agent that they send out on all the stuff that. Yeah, he's basically goes back to being sort of the same type of soldier he was. It's like he's basically Black Ops Captain America, mm -hmm. which which interestingly means Captain America was just older Captain America was until he realized that Shield was infiltrated by Hydra. But if, when you think about it, like the version of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's in Captain America Winter Soldier, is like if Captain America was essentially just doing Black Ops, like he wasn't, you know, doing Symbol of America stuff, he was doing Black Ops. Uh, so that's what I think, yeah, there's gonna, he's going to be around, it's, yeah, he's going to be doing some CD stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely not stable to be out in public or in front of cameras anymore. No. So I think his... Thing, his role is to remain in the shadows and you know not represent the United States fortunately in this version of the MCU um, and the the other aspect that I liked about this this episode was just like Sam Wilson finally embracing you know the fact that he should be that and what I love is the fact that Marvel 
channeled his actual skills yeah. in counseling. You know, I mean, was Bucky was that not was able, so was never too. gonna like figure yeah. things out with his counselor. But with you know, Sam, that's his role. He helped fellow soldiers get back into the public and reconcile with whatever demons that they had. Just having him, just like keep it straight, one hundred with uh, Bucky, and tell him, "Don't do what other people do. Be you, and try to do things that will, you know, benefit other people and not yourself." And I really appreciated that. Also, the arc of Sam's, like, we were talking about that, like, you know, Bucky's just been given more to do. Like, just, uh, uh, Sebastian Sam's just been given more to do, like, emotionally. I feel like this, for Sam in particular, had a real arc in this episode that I really appreciated. Yeah. Uh, also, sidebar, when you were saying, bringing up, like, montages from the 80s and 90s. When they were fixing... Come on, I, I, I just love those. Who were, doesn't love those where, montages? When, so there was definitely a moment when they're fixing up the boat together and they're playing whatever that song is. Did, did playing with the boys pop into your head? And did you expect them to start playing volleyball? And <laughs> because that, during that yeah. scene, because I don't know, I don't remember what the song was in the episode, but they played some song that was very 80s I mean, that's and the shit. I was shit. watching this montage, and I was like, I was like, if they start playing volleyball at any moment, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my shit. I mean, this is the shit I loved about the 80s and 90s. Like, guys, you know, you bond by like building shit and doing things you know that's how you know things are straight with the with the male protagonist in this movie and tv show where they're where, where they're team working on this problem in this case it's not a van like the 18 will just be like this big old boat you know to help uh, uh sam out that was like that was perfect you know and just like you know how his sam's sister sarah is like looking at you know bucky is like Hey, Bucky, how are you doing? I really didn't pre- appreciate that comic relief. I mean, yeah. I, I, mean I will controversially say that I'm not one for montage. Charlie, 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 yeah, the buck, the sweaty part. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I forgot it. Yeah, I forgot about that. And again, and again, and they go past me. Yeah, that they were doing that too. There was a little bit of cheesecake in that in the in the Sam training montage. I was like, yeah, okay, I, I get it. I know what you're doing here. Well, was that? You know Steve Rogers from the first movie, or no, the second movie. But it just like his training montage, kind of reminded me of like him training with Steve Rogers when he first met with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that I thought too. That's what it reminded me. Of. Yeah, um, and I, I'm liking the build up because next week episode is going to be the last episode. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah that was the really that was it's going to be the last episode. So we're going to have like a Falcon who is technically free of any american equipment now he's well, all he's black whatever, owned. Whatever, he's a black owned he's all black owned whatever, right now we haven't seen whatever that the 
was in that cage. It's so. gonna be a Wakandan version of the Falcon suit. I hope so. It, gonna be awesome. that, I mean, that's the only way he. What maybe it'll look like more modern version of like you know Sam Wilson's Captain America Which Falcon I, I uniform. Never, yeah, I never liked that design in the comic books. Like, I understand why they did it. I just never liked the. Uh, I'm not talking about like making him Captain America. I just didn't like the design. The actual the design mm. of his costume. And I was just like, eh. I think they were trying to do. They were trying to make it too Captain America e, mm. for lack of a better term. And it just for some reason like the, the color contrast and like the. The way that Falcon's costume is designed, like even like the armor sort of costume that is is more of a modern version of his costume in the comic books. It's just like uh, the lines of this I'm not a fan of. I mean so far Marvel has done a good job like comic book fi- comic book fying their movie characters outfit. Sure. Even with Scarlet Witch's final outfit, it it has subtle hues from the comic books but it just like works. You know, with the TV show, so I imagine they're gonna do the exact same thing. I'm just happy that he's finally strapped up with like Wakandan tech right yeah. now. And, and also, uh, so I, I now completely agree with the theory that that Sharon is the power broker. Uh, I'm not sure. And and also we got we got. We but got, you, we here's got, the thing. We got George Saint Pierre again. But here's the thing. There's a possibility that she could be. But guess what? I mean, if you. Listen to what Julia Louis Dreyfus's character was saying. She's been following everything that's been going on with uh, with uh, Walker. Okay. She knows he doesn't have the the suit. She knows that he he took the serum. So maybe she's the person background. You know, I'm not. Sh- I think I'm not sh- dead set on having her turn heel. At this moment, I still think oh, there's a I possibility. Even if she is the power broker, I don't think she's going to be like complete heel either. Uh, and also, I was, I was just saying, I was like, oh, George St. Pierre again. <laughs> I mean, I'm not familiar with the uh, actor, but yeah, I like that You're character. Not, you, don't, you don't have to be familiar with the actor, you can be familiar with the fighter. George St. Pierre, UFC champion. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> not, that, that's that's who a, that is. Yeah, I was just not, like, as. as both my brother-in-law and me had since like, oh, good, we get to see him. Uh, throw those weird front kicks that he throws. He chambers really, as someone who did martial arts for a while. Okay. The way he does his front kicks is very bizarre. Uh, he was a great fighter, though, and it's fun to see him <laughs> in movies. Okay. Uh, not not a great actor, but, you know, he's a former UFC fighter. What are you expecting? <laughs> it's a TV show. You don't yeah, have to be yeah. a great actor yeah. in a TV show. He just had, has to do cool martial arts stunts. Like that's 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 about it. Um, so yeah, it's like I I thought that this episode was just like one of the best episodes of this season. So far, um, yeah, I yeah. agree. I would agree. This this episode and the last episode, I think, just mm-hmm. cumulatively. I, I like the last episode. My last episode, and just the the, the, the pacing, yeah, the action sequences, and. Um, uh, the scenery. So I, I, I started picking up on some streets and areas that they, that, that, that where they, where they filmed. Where was this um, shot? Prague. This is the, the last episode four was all in Prague. Okay. And the scene where, where Walker um, kills off 
the, the Flag Smasher at the end of the episode, that's right in downtown, right in the, in the downtown plaza in Prague. Y'all, I have itis. I can't cope. <laughs> Minimize the carbs. It's bad. <laughs> Loosen the belt if you're wearing a belt. Just like unzip your pants. Yeah, no, you'll be fine. You can, you can go to sleep because we're going to be. I think the next handful of things that Eve and I are going to be discussing, I don't think either of you have seen. Or, or just maybe just like listen to us and it'll help you fall asleep. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. Exactly the plan. I want to hear your dulcet tones. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> um, anything else on. I'm wearing pajamas. There's, it's all elastic. Okay, good. <laughs> it's real bad. <laughs> anything oh else on Falcon? Yeah, I don't think there's anything else on Falcon. Right. Which is older as far as I mean, it was just a really solid episode, and and like you know, just to reiterate, just just doing the whole Isaiah Bradley. The the thing that really got me in that scene was the like what he he talks about. They erased, they erased my entire history. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, eh. yeah. I mean, that's a thing. I mean, I mean, that's any person of color can identify with that. I mean, just like his his line about like, if you're, I think if you're black, you're always angry or you're always mad. You know, because of the slights that you deal with on a daily basis. Um, yeah, just like, I mean, his dialogue, once again, just like struck the right tone in terms of capturing what a lot of people are feeling again, you know, uh, nowadays. I mean, it, it's not it's not something that, you know, just magically disappears. It's like, it's part of this nation's issue. And a lot of Americans deal with, you know, what this character has been going through but it's having it being heard and articulated in a big budget TV show it was very very um, um, cathartic yeah and also that they didn't talk I like they didn't talk around it you can't I mean if you're gonna do this the right way you gotta address it head on not dance around it sure and just like having you know black characters just sit down and talk you know you know, about the hurt, you know, that was very appreciative. And I'm sure a lot of, you know, people of color who are fans of comic books would appreciate mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. So, a uh, couple things yeah. like that I think that uh, have come out since we last, because uh, we will get to talk about Invincible a little bit. Um, Rich, have you seen The Nevros? I mean, what were your thoughts? Like, I, I, I felt guilty. I, 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 I felt you know, guilty. You know, you know what's funny? I didn't feel guilty until I realized he was behind it. I heard about it. When I heard, I saw the, the ads for the show. I was like, oh, wait. I can't wait for that. I can't wait to watch that because HBO's been killing it with their TV shows. You know? And it looks like it's going to like fill the whole void of Penny Dreadful. Um, 
and then for some reason I heard somewhere on YouTube that Joss Whedon was mentioning this and nowhere nowhere in the promo in the for this promotion. show yeah, do the they mention it show. was like is he part of this or just and am then, I meant and you see that he's like writer writer director creator yeah uh, along with Doug Pe- you know Petrie and a couple of the other people you know a couple of the, the, the usual suspects as far as people who work with Joss yeah um, can you guys are you are you gonna continue watching it it was so uh, I had a moment where I, was, I didn't realize he was behind it until the end of the episode. Um, I wanted to wa- wait for the credits <laughs> to yeah. find to confirm his yeah, involvement. Yeah, and then it was just like uh. both directed and written, and he's like he's the creator. I'm just like, now I'm torn. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm having this whole thing. I was like, okay, which of the cast members is he gonna pitch it, pit against each other? He can't do it. Yeah, time. he can't do it again. He can't. He can't. What about you, Rich? Rich, can yeah. you hear us? Oh, yeah. What were your thoughts? Are you like anti Whedon, or are you gonna give the show a chance if it's in your um, queue? I mean, I'm, obviously, I'm not a fan of of what of what he's been accused of, and but I'm definitely gonna give it a chance at the very least. So I um I w- I'm curious about about it especially you know from what you told me e, and from what i've read so far from the reviews it looks oh wait this is a joss whedon show yes. yeah what do you think about that what do i think about that they're not promoting it as such at all yeah they're, they're trying to bury it um, keeping it on the dl yeah well so let me ask a question what's the premise of the show it's it's kind of like a Joss Whedon like DNA show in terms of like female centric, female empowerment. It's pretty much set in Victorian England where uh, communities of color, women uh, and women mostly, are being given abilities, and how the establishment in England don't like that. Well, see, here's the thing: you're you're asking a question that is when you're asking what the show is about, it's like, that actually has no bearing on, because one of the reasons why what Joss was accused of and why everyone was so upset is because there's such a disconnect between what he's created and the type of person he is, that he's turned out to be. There's a massive disconnect. so that's the that's the thing. It's just like you can ask what it's about. It's just like it's a it's gonna be about. It's not gonna be about anything questionable because it's not gonna be in the content that he creates. That's not what the issue was. Everything that he, nothing that he really, unless you're judging, uh, ninety a night like Buffy. Like there's a lot of stuff in Buffy that doesn't hold up mostly because there's stuff that was progressive at the time that is not progressive at all now just because of the, the, the way that that kind of stuff has shifted. But you can't judge, uh, like, whether or not you're, like, you're, I don't know. 
I, when you asked, it's like, what is the show about? It's like, are you asking because is the show problematic? Because it's like, you're never, that was never the issue. But you s- no, I mean, I'm, I'm asking because, because he's also enjoyed the marketing of being a feminist, right? Yeah. Like he, he has, he has styled himself in a particular way in public. He has enjoyed being viewed in a particular way. He has marketed himself in a particular way. There is a brand that you that before this all came out, you would have you would have associated it and a show like this as being genuine and authentic. And now, what you know about him, this is this is a show of his brand. And it's and and, it, and, it, and that must mean something, because if HBO didn't care, they'd slap his name all over it. They'd market it as a meeting property, but they understand that that is bad. That's a bad idea if they want to get viewers for the show, right? So I actually think it it does mean something. Sure. When you when you st- because because it's not. It, Yes, there's, there, were, there were things happening behind the scenes, and that is where you would see who he is really show up. Like, that is where you would see it. But but he enjoyed being styled and, and marketed as a feminist. He played into that. He won awards for that. He spoke out openly in that, in that way and in that space, like, and it turns out that's a marketing ploy. Whatever he's going to do next, I don't need him to tell the story of empowerment because right. that's not who he is. I don't need him, no matter how gifted and talented a storyteller he may be, I don't need him to continue to tell stories that are in the vein of marketing that now we know it was just marketing. And so it does matter to me, on some level, what this show is about. Well, well, there, there, there are two. So here's for me where it gets a little, it gets a little complicated. I don't think, uh, I, I think there's, there's, I think it's a little bit more complicated than saying that it was just marketing. I think he was horribly. He was horrible interpersonally to certain individuals, and he created power dynamics between individuals. I don't necessarily know that any of those power dynamics or that playing those interpersonal games with people were specifically based on gender or race or any of those other things. I mean, he's, from what I understand, and I'm not, I didn't read all of the facts about what he's done to a lot of his actors it seems like if he didn't like you he was just hard on you yeah, whether well, you're just, a woman or person. male it wasn't, it wasn't that's why i say like it, it, it becomes a little complicated when it's like okay what is uh can someone still be claim to be a feminist or create feminist work and be an awful person interpersonally 
to on an individual basis to, to certain people. I mean, now this is turning into a Joss Whedon bashing, and I kind of appreciate it now. No, um, I because it. because I don't like Justice League, the Snyder Cut, but does Snyder Cut just reveal how much of a piece of shit he is if you would take a look at Ray Fisher's role? He yeah. had so much... He could have done so yeah, much more. So much he more. pretty much just reduced his character to a catchphrase, booyah, pretty much. The point, the point and the only black character in that movie. Yeah. You know. Like, Jamie, the point that I'm, that I'm really digging in more deeply on is the idea that, like, no, these aren't just interpersonal issues, right? This is how, this is how power dynamics get to... That's how they. That's how they thrive. That's how they. Sure. Right, because it may not be like he may not have had an intention to be racist towards Ray Fisher, and therefore that's not. And so in his mind, that's not what the issue was. It was about. It was about interpersonal conflicts, but you can't divorce in, in a power dynamic when you're talking there's race there's gender class there's position those things are always there regardless of whether or not they're your your state of intention regardless of whether or not that's that's the, that's your purpose they're in the room and you can't selectively divorce those things from the power dynamic just can't they're there and that's why I'm, I'm really torn about whether i'm going to continue to watch the show or not i really am i'm just like i just because when i saw his name at the end i was like oh fuck because it was just like it was just like god damn it this was good and now i don't know if i can continue to watch it can because unless there's something that that we don't know or i or i don't know because i i can't say that i know that the, the joss whedon story but hard. But it seems that like every woman and person of color had an issue with him. That's not accurate at all. <laughs> it was he specifically uh, singled out certain people in his casts for that he for some for one reason or another just like. I don't know necessarily that it was it was a woman every single time. Well, to be fair, Ray Fisher is the only. Wait, no, I forgot. Uh, Wash's wife, I forgot her name. Uh, the actor from Firefly. Yeah, I haven't heard anything from her. Yeah. Like, and we haven't heard because Ray Fisher is the any... only other person of color I've seen part of Joss Whedon's. And also, work. Charisma Carpenter was the. Only, I mean, there were a handful of other people who spoke up, and it's just like. It's that he pitted, he pitted people against each other, and he was particularly horrible to Charisma Carpenter. I haven't, I, what I didn't read necessarily was that it was specifically one gender or another. It's just well, that he, he picked people he didn't like, and he was, he was awful to them. Right, but from, but from his best, I can tell, right, it's the, it's the women cast of Buffy who have come out and said, like, we have props of Joss Whedon. And it's the men who have either come out and said, I had no idea that this was happening, or that they stood by, or that they stood up as an ally in some way, right? Then you have two people of color, right? Ray Fisher and this, and this other person who, who, who Eve referenced. 
because right the only the only people who I have not heard the only person really that I haven't heard say anything is Allison Hannigan because her husband is best friends with Joss Whedon. Has Sarah Michelle Gellar said anything? No. Yes. 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 Okay. What did she say? Dennis has come out and and cast himself as an as an ally, and Charisma Carpenter has backed up that narrative of his being an ally. James Marsters has come out and said, "I had no concept that I had no clue that anything like this was happening." Right. So it's like, you know. It seems like, from what I'm seeing, a lot of the people he doesn't seem to like happen to be women and happen to be people of color. Now, that's either a fantastic coincidence or it's a deeper problem. And I don't think that that a guy who's got, like, he's he's clearly got a fucked up sense of power and privilege. Yes. And he clearly has a fucked up sense of, of his whiteness. Yes. And theme, based on what I'm hearing, that, that it's specifically targeted, or, or by and large, you have to be outside of a white male, cisgendered, heteronormative standard. Anybody who falls outside of that, right? Your immediate, there is an undercurrent of discrimination at play there. Sure. Right? There's clear, there's clearly an undercurrent there. And I don't know, I don't necessarily know that you could stop him from making work. Right? Because. It's also because of the way TV works. I don't know. We don't know when they started shooting this show. We don't know when it went into post. It's coming out now. The show is coming out now. For all we know, it could have been in production before yeah. all this became like and a major story. The whole so. issues with Joss Whedon just came out like in 2020. Isn't that the case? I mean, I, that's I when mean, I first I mean, became aware of it. Been bringing, but it became a larger public news story, yeah, last year. So it's entirely possible they had already like shot this show and they were in post production. And they took his name off it because of this whole thing. But it's Correct. just like, well, we've already made the show. <laughs> like, 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 I guess, I guess the point I'm making is like, th- this is, this is a, a guy who passed himself off in one way. Yes. That, okay, I completely, yeah, I completely agree with you. Sorry, I'm talking He might you. even really believe that that's what he believes. Right? Like, he might not even think he's passing. He might really think that he thinks this way. And yet, he is not the guy who, who, who is for female empowerment. I don't need to see a show from him that is focused on female empowerment. Like, I don't need somebody who filed for bankruptcy to tell me how to manage my finances. <laughs> I don't need somebody flunked out of medical school to give me medical advice. And I don't need a guy whose credentials aren't good on a space telling me something. I just, I don't need it. it. Like the caucasity of this (laughs) (laughs) because Because the only thing that's different is that Ray Fisher put out his his complaint, and but like that was 
things have been said about Joss Whedon for a long time. Ray Fisher put out this complaint, mm-hmm. and then what blew it wide open was Charisma Carpenter coming out and saying that she completely, you know, participated in an investigation. She shared all this information, and then it was the floodgates of like casts of this man's show. Nathan Fillion, nobody knows what he where he's at. Allison Hannigan, nobody knows where she's at. Those are the only two people that I can think of where nobody has said it. Has Alan said anything? I don't know. I, don't, I haven't seen anything from Alan Diddick. He's too busy working <laughs> Alan Diddick to be like, I guess. Yeah, but he also wouldn't be the subject of He wouldn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's a white dude, you know. Yeah. He, he, he may not be the person who specifically experienced or witnessed anything, but, like, you take James Marsters, who played Spike, his comment was, I had no that this was going on right you can but like say something the silence the silence is loud the silence is loud and so that so when I'm saying like what is this show about because I'm like I don't need this motherfucker telling me about female shit I don't need I don't need this guy to tell me anything I, I need him to go tell a whole different story which is the story of him going into like clinical therapy and work and working with like you know a, a, a DEI coach that's what I want to hear the story of I mean I mean to be fair I really had like a, a like a almost guttural like reaction at the end of that show um, I, I felt like I had been hoodwinked. I'm not lying I felt no no I'm I'm like I felt guilty. I had like this, this bad feeling that he was part of it, and I really wanted to not want to watch the show, and like the show. But yeah, now there's I'm ashamed. I like it so much. That I still do. Up. I mean, I like the. I mean, I like the Joss Whedon, you know, model, you know, of TV shows. You know, they've always appealed to me, um, and it just like I wanted to talk to you guys about it to like, you know see where you guys were coming from and thanks thank you charlie for like you know keeping it real with us you yeah, know no, in terms I, of I'm so glad you know it's like it's like i need a second i literally just like i need a second opinion but because the thing is if we can if we could if we continue to support him then he won't have learned his lesson you know at all you know he won't have continued to learn his lesson it's it's also just about like this is, I mean, this is the way that every power dynamic works, right? It's yeah. like, you know, look at what's happened this week, it, you know? And if you don't, and if, and if there is no accountability, if there is no, you know, if, if, there, is, if there is no defunding, bankrupting, if, like any of it, it's not just that Joss Whedon continues, it's that everybody else continues. Yeah. Right? I don't care, like, Joss Whedon at this point, like, he trashed, we know he trashed, he's probably not gonna stop being trashed, but the next trash ass needs to know that they cannot be trashed, because look at what happened to Joss Whedon. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think you're actually start. I mean, not just starting to think. I think you're actually like seeing that. That's why I was just like, it's it's interesting. Not inter- interesting isn't the right word, but it's it really is like 
it makes me think that a HBO had already like they had already like shot this and they were in my my hope was I was just hoping that he's just simply the executive producer yeah. or a producer yeah. and it's someone else's idea that he's break. It, this is all him. This is yeah. all. This has all of his fingerprints on this. Yeah. So it's you're supporting Joss Whedon again and his ideas and his stories, uh, in the light of what's been revealed about him. Yeah. Is it really? Uh, is it proper to continue to support people like this? You well, know? no, it's not. Uh, the real question for me is is. If I already have HBO Max, am I, is it, like, by putting eyes on it, is that, like, passively approved, is it, you know, uh, what is the, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Um, like, like, are, like, are you, you know, silently approving? Yeah, by watching the show. And, you know, listen, I... I do think that it would be meaningful for customers to not watch it. Sure. Right? Like, like I... Isn't like it I, only HBO Max, though? It's an HBO Max show. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, the uh, thing is, matter, yeah. they, they will track who watches it. They track who watches it. So, if okay. people are not supporting this by not watching it, I mean, obviously, they won't greenlight a second season of this, you know... Um, no but it doesn't matter it's his he he created it he will profit off of this so it doesn't matter if they bring another producer or director it's still his you know so yeah, by supporting this show right you're now. still financially supporting Joss um, Whedon yeah I mean the, these are like the thorny questions that everybody has to, to answer especially in like an entertainment space because you know you, you don't want to support Joss Whedon but you know what there was somebody who like worked craft services on that show I was ju I was thinking about that. Yeah, is like so. Go ahead. More than Joss Whedon who's doing this show, so it's more than just him who experiences the fallout. Now, what I'm I'm more interested in trying to like like isolate the the scope of the damage there. Like that's what I'm more interested in doing. But unfortunately, in cases like this, there will be collateral damage. Right? Like if you stop shopping at a store because you have a problem with you know the policies yeah. of the management of the store well you know what there's a cashier who has nothing to do about it who's gonna get back right? the actors the cast was great and yeah, I, was, I love yeah, that I was, cast I was thinking about that when yeah. I so when I saw his name at the end no, number one it, I, I did feel kind of like like fuck you HBO <laughs> a little bit because I was just like, I was just like, oh, you waited until I enjoyed that before you showed me who was behind it. Uh, but yeah, that actually, that was the other thing I was thinking. I was just like, oh, man, I love Nick Frost. That yeah. that that main cast in that show is fantastic. 
and just the like beautifully diverse, you yeah. know, all of the actors. It's just one of those things. Where just, it was yeah. Until I saw his name at the end, it was just like, oh wow, this is a great yeah. like representation on the show. Is great. And I was like, ah, oh, fucking hell. That was literally like I think I might have actually said that out loud at the end of the show. I was like, ah, oh, fucking hell. And that guy from The Crown season one and two was it? Huh? The guy who was, I think, the handler for the crown. I, 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 don't, I forgot who his character was. Oh, like Tommy? I believe so, yeah, Tommy. Tommy is in this. Yeah, he, he, he's, like a, he's like a white guy who's trying to hold back the women in this show. Uh, but I love that actor, you know. Um, the Great cast and just like, fuck you, Joss Whedon, just for fucking things up and making me not want to support this show. Daredevil, right? That that's yeah, also yeah, yeah, yeah. And but like, yeah, it's just like, it's like, and there's a lot of just like creative behind this, not just actors, but like creative behind the scenes people on that show, like writers and producers and even like script supervisors who are now like I I recognize their names on other stuff, and the other stuff is great. So it's just like, I don't know, what do you do? <laughs> like, well, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. such cultural significance and I don't know how you 
you know, how you take all of the good things that are that are wrapped up with all of the bad things and what do you make of that? And I don't know that anybody has an answer to that question. But what I do think is you, you can talk about how you treat someone moving forward. Yeah. And I, and I think that for, for as long as people have known that there were issues with Joss Whedon, I don't know what... I don't know what the decision is to get into league with him, and I, and I don't know like how do you investigate him? How do you make sure that when you that when you hire him, what is your process for looking into him to make sure? Well, I mean, I mean, and I, I don't think you can do that from this point forward. I don't think you could say it in hindsight. Like I said, for even this show, for even. Uh, this show, because it's entirely possible, like I said, they were in production for this, like, three or four years ago they were shooting this. Um, not that he, not that he wasn't an issue then. I've heard, that, like, I've heard reports about how Warner Brothers, who I think they own HBO, yeah. have actually threw Ray Fisher under the bus, making him look bad on purpose. You know, in that an effort I've to also, cover also, up for Joss Whedon. I've also heard, I've so, also heard that. Uh, I'm thinking that aside from Warner Brothers, I mean, it might just be it might be Warner Brothers. Uh, I've heard that, that basically other other uh, entertainment, like basically other companies, won't work with him now. He's been he's been blacklisted now. Been blacklisted. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's up with HBO? What's up with HBO? Why didn't they I get that? Hey. HBO were the people who greenlighted that alternate history Civil War shit that oh, motherfuckers were getting yeah, thrown. That. that show yeah. never came out, but they did greenlight that motherfucking show. Like, <laughs> all right, so, that explains. Okay, yeah, that explains. Uh, these are just these are just the wild questions that you have to ask yourself, and like, you know, I I would hope that people are now like. The kind of background check that you would do on an on an employee has to be stricter, right? Because you really got to know that it's not just whether or not a person is competent to do a job, but whether or not this person is safe to do a job. It's not. Well, here's the other thing about that. I don't. I, given what we know about Joss, I don't even think necessarily that you can pre you can pre screen for that. Well, what you have to have is, like, as soon as something is, like, the issues come up on the show itself, that's when you got to have, like, a zero tolerance, like, no, you're just fired if that happens. No, I mean, I think you can't, I mean, it's, it's a combination, right? Like, yeah. I think you do have to try to free screen in some way, right? And that is, like, a reference checking kind of thing that is, you know... There, there, there are ways that you can that you can try to pre-screen for it, and you're right. On some level, if people aren't reporting issues, then, then, then there are no, then there's nothing to find, and there's no reason to find anything until you dig more deeply. But you have to try to pre-screen for it. Sure. You have pro tolerance policy once something emerges. Like you, like there has, there has to be. A consequence because because ultimately it seems like it was really easy for Joss Whedon to get work. Yes. Yeah. Despite despite 
you know, a, 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 a growing, a very chorus of people who were raising that there were issues. So that's my whole thing. Well, the like, growing, like I said, the growing number of people was really just like last year, essentially. I mean, his own wife came out. Yeah. His own, his own wife as part his of ex-wife. his ex-wife. His ex-wife came out. And I get it that like it's hard. It's hard to. It, it it's hard when it's one or two moments. It's hard to try to figure out how whether that's a pattern or if those are isolated incidents. It's hard to figure out what your penalty should be. It, it, it's all very challenging. But like you have to pre-screen. Yeah, you have to do it. Yeah. Have to, because because the reality is, you know, HR now. HR works both ways now, right? It's as as if I were Ray Fisher, I'd try to sue Warner Brothers because I'd be like, well, how did you vet this guy to make sure that it was safe for him to lead the, this work, this film? How how what was your process for making sure that I would be safe? You could do that, but his career would be over, and that's why. And that's and but. But that's the problem, right? Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing. <laughs> that's exactly the problem, right? Like, like the reason that these power dynamics thrive is that we always put the burden on the, on the victim, and you know, and and we, you know, this the, the concept of like innocent until proven guilty allows guilty people in cases in, in cases where there are power dynamics at play. They slide under the radar, right? Because nobody else is coming forward to say anything, right? Right? But but you have but you have to lead that investigation because somebody at some point is going to think to sue, and it's going because yes, you should have a zero tolerance policy, or you should have some sort of consequences in place for when there's an infraction. But you had a responsibility to hire people where the likelihood of an infraction would not be there. Well, you had a the reason why I brought I brought up this is like, well, his career would be over. Is you, an individual could, so Ray Fisher could conceivably uh, sue uh, Joss Weed. He couldn't sue Warner Brothers because there is there is nothing in place. There, there wouldn't be any, it'd be very hard to find legal ground for something that they violated. Because, uh, because as we're talking about, Warner Brothers doesn't have a policy. Now, if you got a couple hundred actors to collectively sue Warner Brothers, that would be a different, that would be a different matter. Well, I mean, he does have grounds for the fact that there's been a huge cover-up to make him look bad. Yeah, and Joss Whedon, defense, jo- Joss Whedon yeah. didn't lead that charge. He could, he could it was the studio. Yeah, he's good, he'd that. lose, but he, he could sue them for defamation. Um, he he, abso- he absolutely could file. Eddie, he can absolutely file suit. I don't know if he has. I don't know if he's outside of the statute limitations based on where the the, the Justice League movie was shot. But he but there's certainly like. Fair labor standards. There's certainly like he can file complaints with his union and have them lead an investigation on his behalf. Like 
he can absolutely take legal action. Regardless of whatever the workplace is, if it's my office or it's a film set, the studio has a responsibility to create a safe work environment. If this was a movie that had stunts, you had a responsibility to make sure that the best stunt team was put into place and that they had and that they had taken every precaution to make sure that the stunts were handled safely and that you had insurance in place if God forbid something went south. Sure, but that's Oh, but so so like you know, it, like, it, I'm not saying that all of this isn't worth, wouldn't, I'm actually am arguing that I don't think it would be worthwhile for him to do that. Uh, I think it would be very powerful symbolically. I think in the long run, it would have to be a, a I don't think it would have a, create a shift, I don't think it would, it would accomplish very much in the changing the culture of Warner Brothers or changing, like, like, I, I'm not necessarily saying that, like, it shouldn't be done as a concept. I'm just saying practically, like, I yeah, think it, you, would need, you would need more than one Ray Fisher. These kinds of lawsuits are happening every single day in every other workplace. And, and the problem is, when you're talking about some sort of, like, huge multinational... Yeah, that's, yeah. ...billion inching up to trillion dollar company that inevitably, you know, this is, it's a massive conglomerate and I understand why it wouldn't necessarily pay off for him in the long run because not even in the short run, right? Like where would he go work as an actor when, when Warner owns fucking everything up to and including the cell phone service that allows you to stream the, the film? Right? Like, where do you go? And I appreciate that. And yet, you know, unfortunately, entities like that only respond to financial pain. So here we are. Yeah. Right? That's what it takes. So, all right. If that if that's if that's the language you speak, then I will become fluent. Sure. Uh that being said, just to, to completely change the topic, not change the topic, but if you do want to watch something on HBO, uh, <laughs> that is a fun way to kill an hour and a half, The New Mutants is now available on HBO. <laughs> um, I just saw New Mutants last week. You did? Oh, what did you think? I, I'm, ha- I'm thankful it was short. I'm not saying it's a good movie. No. I'm just thankful that it's like what an hour and a half. It's or an hour and a half. Yeah, it's and it's like it's like getting your flu shot. You know, it goes by quickly. Yeah. You know, it's not a terrible movie. It's just like it's, it's bland. bland. It's bland. That's all it is. Yeah. It's bland. It's not like it's like a shitty version of The Breakfast Club. With, it, with mutant powers. Yeah. With. The Breakfast Club. Yeah, pretty much it, you know. It really is. It's the Breakfast Club with mutant powers. It's that's a great way to describe. Yeah, it's it. just and it's not nearly as good as the Breakfast. Bunch Club. of teens trying to circumvent this adult authoritarian figure, and yeah, I'm like, 
yeah, it's interesting science uh, um, special effects, but it's nothing to be. Uh, it's all right. It's not. It's bland, but it's better than a lot of the previous X Men films, like yeah, Apocalypse. I, my, my, big, and my big thing is I whatever. Felt, I felt it got unfairly, like massively dumped up. Like I didn't think it was as terrible as everyone made it out to be. I was just like, eh, this isn't a terrible way to. It was a movie that was not needed. No, it wasn't. It, we not didn't at need all. to make that movie. Not at all. It was just Fox. You having a lot of money and just let's make another X Men film. I, it it doesn't matter if it's good. Um, so I saw that. Eh. Well, it's also because they they did a shit ton of reshoots on that. Like yeah. it's, they kept having to like chop it. And yeah, that's why it's why the tone is so uneven in that show in that movie is because they just kept. So remind me, it took it took so long for it to be released in theaters because of the the Disney acquisition from Fox. Yeah. I can okay. see why Disney wanted to uh, sweep that under the rug. If you have, if you're interested in watching something on HBO Max, I've been, I feel, I think it's a fun show. Uh, made by Love. Che- check it love. out. Yeah, made I for Love. Wa- I haven't watched it yet. It's it fun. Like, it you know, it's. I mean, if you like shows about how women are trying to break free from abusive. Or uh, psychologically abusive relationships. It's fun. It's quirky. Ray Romano is a weird dad who has a love affair with a plastic Which, sex by the doll. Way, speaking on that topic, uh, if you haven't seen Colossal, you should still see Colossal. I yeah, it's all, that's a movie that's on my queue that I just have not and watched. Speaking of like women breaking out of abusive uh, relationships, abusive relationships, yeah. and yeah, and you get to see uh, you get to see Sudeikis. Uh, oh okay. Uh, Playing a very interesting character. He's a very interesting character in that. So, like, Made by Love is, like, 30-minute episodes, and I think the season just ended this weekend. It's, like, eight episodes. Okay. So, it's, like, I think it's it's fun. I like Ray Romano being a weird yeah. dad. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, if you ever... If you hate Mark Zuckerberg and those Silicon Valley types, it's just hilarious how they just, like just make them look like shitty human beings in this show. Good, um, because they got glorified on the, in another show that, that everyone loved. Silicon turned, Valley? And then it turned out that never three quarters of the people on that show were awful. Or like two of the main cast members awful people. True. Middle Ditch and uh, and the guy from Deadpool. Yeah, but we knew that already. We all knew that. Oh. Um, like He's just one of those people who's like, you just see his face, and I just see his face, and I'm just like, oh, you're just, you're just super, like, irritating alpha male type, and I was just like, I don't even care how many of the comedians I like that are friends with you and seem to like you, it's just like, yo, y'all need to all call him on his shit. That was the, that's the big thing that pissed me off about the whole, like, Thomas Middleditch and him, I was just like, yo, just because he's your buddy doesn't mean you can't. It's like, you're being a bad friend. I mean, again, it comes down to, it's like, what, you didn't see any of that, 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 or you just didn't acknowledge it, and like, didn't, like, it wasn't in your, immediately in your view, so you just ignored it, like, because he's your buddy. It's like, I don't know, for me, it becomes a, like, when it, I, I just feel it's like, yo, if you're not calling your, your friend on that shit, you're a shitty friend. 
Yeah, and, I, and as much as I make, I love like Kamal and all them, it's like you should have called him on shit. Like all all you guys who are buddies with those two guys. I have no idea what happened with those. They're just bad people. They they're same thing. It's just power dynamics and treating women shittily. No. It's just like getting away. White boys being white boys. Yeah, basically. Um, uh -huh. And it's just like just like fucking call them on their shit. Like they're doing it now, but it's just like there's like I said, as much as I love command I mean maybe it wasn't happening in his presence or so he wasn't aware of it. But it's just like they're become when it's your buddy, a lot I mean, of people, when it when it's like these guys' friends, a lot of them become really like unsettlingly silent about I it. I mean like, going back to Whedon and the Nevers, I mean you're correct. You know, if you're around people who are shits, you gotta call them out. And yeah. We don't know Whedon, but the only way we can express our opinions is by not supporting his shit. I think yeah. it's important that we well, no, no, make was, a note was, to was, like what I was being is like your like, piece of shit. Is, is, We're not going to support you. It's just like after the fact is like one of my favorite reactions <laughs> was Dan Casey and especially Dan Casey. Who? Uh, it's one of the guys who was like hosts. Uh, stuff for Nerdist. Um, and what's his name? The Beautiful Hair, who does, like, this is science. And two of the guys who host YouTube shows uh, for Nerdist and are still work for Nerdist. When all that shit came out about Hardwick, they immediately, both of them, just right on, <laughs> they both took a big steaming dump on him. They were just like, I believe it. I believe her. Fuck him. And then, like, they weren't, like, buddies with him or anything like that, so I guess they had nothing to lose, like, and also because the company was going to go on no matter what, they both, like, immediately were just like, just like, I believe what, I believe what Claude Dexter said, fuck him. <laughs> Dan Casey especially was, like, just, just, like, laid it down, he was just, like, just, like, and I think some of them, like, the way that Dan Casey was doing it, it seemed like a, a handful of those people were raving. Yeah, but I'm I'm sorry, but you can't wait. Yeah, you you, you have to have courage, especially well, no, 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 when the no. stakes are what high. I mean, it's like they were waiting. I think it's like they they when they're safe. No, 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 not when they were safe. Uh, the what I got the impression was just like you know someone is just like you know they've done something you just don't know what it is. Like and you you feel like that feeling is like they hadn't witnessed anything directly yeah. or like personally. Was just like, oh, there's something about that kind of fucking like, and then they hear them, they're just like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> they just, you know, lay into it like that. That okay. that was from what Dan Casey was posting on Twitter, like literally like the day after the all the hard work stuff happened. It was just like, wow, you must have just not liked him. You were just waiting for some someone to say that he had done something for you to just like take a big steaming dump on him. I was just like, ah, right, fair enough. And I was like, I don't support him anymore either. So. Yeah, I mean, going back to the numbers, I definitely appreciated this conversation yeah. to like put things in perspective. Yeah, um, it, it puts it puts everyone in a difficult spot because you know we're especially as as sci-fi and comic uh, fans and comic nerds, you know, everybody's we're all looking for for new and interesting content but you know when when you're when you're stuck 
exploring a, a, a show that you, you realize who's behind it, you have to kind of just pause and, and analyze it. Yeah. So just uh, before we move on, because I really do want to discuss a little bit about Invincible and Rich. I, 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 you haven't watched any of Invincible yet, right? No, no. So go, go, go right ahead. Okay. But I just, uh, so like years ago, one of the people I started this podcast with, Justin, we wrote a poem together because we were on a slam, spoken word, poetry, song. God, that was years ago. Um, we wrote a poem about like, sort of like the serious part of being a nerd and one of the reasons that like you are into sci-fi and fantasy is a way to kind of escape into a world that is better on some level than the world that you're existing in for whatever reason. Uh, with me, it was like being teased with uh, Justin, was also being teased, but also like the town he was in in Jersey, super racist for Asians, so it's like sci-fi, Star Trek is a perfect example, it's just like it's a better version of the world that you're in, and then suddenly when you find out like, you know, if you were to discover, I mean, from what I, Ronberry, Gene Ronberry was relatively decent. <laughs> Uh, person, but like, you know, if you were to somehow just discover some horrible things about Gene Roddenberry or any of those people, it's, like, it's, it would sully the world, the better world that Star Trek had created. Uh, and I think that's why, you know, for nerds, it kind of, like, it, it hurts so much because nerd culture, sci-fi, and, and fantasy are a lot of times, like, where if, if you are part of, you know, an, an outcast group or like, you know, it's where you go to be in a, to experience a world that is on some level, even if it's like post-apocalyptic, on some level it is a different world than the yeah, reality that you're in. Yeah. Um, and that's why it ends up being like almost that much more disappointing <laughs> when you find out these things. That being said, Invincible. Uh, Rich, are you ever going to watch the show? At some point, perhaps. I, I, have, like, I still have a list of things to check out, but yes. Yeah, I'm like... Um, yeah. They changed I, around some stuff from the comic book in this most recent I mean, episode, it's, it's going to... I'm okay with it, but I'm also like, wow, okay. I mean, I've, I've done some homework online. I, I've downloaded the first four volumes of Invincible. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've, I know like Mark Grayson's like full arc from beginning to end and sure. you know what's going to happen. Um, but shit, you know, I've got this, this episode really gave me Smallville uh, Spider-Man vibes. Just like not even and that, what else? And like the music kind of capture like teen young adult yes. yeah, you yeah. know uh hopeful um aspirational things and i just like i love this episode it's yeah. just like I, what i saw from adam um, adam eve and just her breaking out doing her own thing yeah you know um that much you know she's not gonna be held back by her bad relationship or her parents who have these really archaic notions of I mean, what it <laughs> yeah and her mom did you know co-sign that so, yeah. I mean, parents mothers can 
you know, support patriarchy too. Um, and she doing her own thing, you know, and just like seeing just like Mark aspire for something even greater and then just this was a great episode. I just love it overall. You know? uh, it's definitely so in the comic books, like you get introduced to D.A. D. A. Sinclair and uh, you know, I think they call them the robo-humans or something in the, in the comic book. It's definitely like a side story mm -hmm. sort of uh, outside of kind of the main plot a little bit, but you definitely, there's, it, it is a I really liked it, both in the comic book and, and the way they adapted it. Is it is just a you get down more to the ground level of you know just Mark trying to be a normal teenager yeah. and failing miserably, and also the Spider-Man of like trying to be a hero and also like he's when you keep his, that shit secret, it's saves, not gonna it, things gonna have consequences he, he for saves, lying. He saves the day, but consequences just all like he basically just ruins his friends yeah. his best friend's relationship like possible relationship you know uh you know it's like i was thinking to myself why don't you just tell her you know who you are you know but i mean i guess he's not there yet i mean they're they're progressing but they're he's not there yet to like share everything about him with um amber I think that's it's also because the way they're playing it out in the show. I'm interested because if you know his whole arc yeah. of where his character goes, it's interesting whether they'll still go in that same direction later on. They're um, gonna have to condense it because I mean, I I think season one is gonna definitely target the teenage years yeah. of uh, of Mark Grayson and. I don't know. I think right now, it, whatever they have is just perfect. Just to have him, you know, think about possibilities. Because before that, he was just all about well, being a superhero. What I mean now he's what just. I mean specifically with Mark and Amber's relationship and where he ends up later in the comic book. I just. I am preemptively uh, envisioning or seeing the backlash for when that. If they if they decide to go in that if they decide to be faithful to the comic book in that manner, it's just I feel like there's going to be a little bit of a backlash to it. I don't think so. Because really they change because they change we'll see because they change the race of who am of Yeah, but I mean it's it's a it's a uh, person of color. It's a new character, you sure. know. It's and to be honest, the idea is the difficult the nature of the show is about I guess this the difficulty of maintaining a relationship when you have superpowers yeah. and you have these grand I mean, responsibilities. Like and they've already established that this other character has abilities to it'll just make things so much more easier for him to move on. I really don't see a backlash considering okay. they did not that character, uh, Amber, is a thoughtful character who's smart, who cares about herself. I, I really I say that, I also say that... And it's a diverse cast. I also, I also say that because I really like his... So, super spoiler for anyone who hasn't read the comic book. It's just like, uh, Amber and Mark don't last, but I like the way that, that... The way they play that is very much like a T. Well, it's the first person who... Yeah. 
you were in love with, it doesn't necessarily mean like it. You, it's yeah, but I would I would don't foresee like a backlash. I mean, you normally see that when if they there's handle the, their, the way they split correctly, then then there won't be. I mean, if they're gonna, I mean, if they're gonna follow the. I, I don't know what happens exactly in the comic books. Sure. But, I mean, it just makes sense, you yeah. know, in the nature of this world where he does not have to hide. And, in fact, with what happened, how him and this other person, how their relationship evolved, they become a partner, you yeah. know, down the road. I mean, it's it's all foreseen yeah. in the books. So, it's not like they're, like, yeah. screwing this character yeah. around. And um, also, like I said, uh, the way it's not, like... Unlike spoilers, sorry. Uh, in most other, I would say Spider-Man, like what happens to Gwen Stacy, it, that doesn't happen to yeah. to to to, uh, to her. So it's just to Amber. So it's like I actually really like the way they split up. It's yeah. just like it's, I mean, it's it makes sense. Like a very realistic. It, I mean, it's, it makes sense. He's constantly lying to her for good reasons, obviously, yeah. because he's trying to be a hero. Um, but from her perspective, I mean, as a, as a, okay, spoiler, that is not the reason why they split up in the book. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in the show, in the, in the show, I mean, as it, as when you watch the, or read the superhero comics, like, don't anyone notice that these heroes have disappeared? And for, and I appreciate the fact that people are paying attention and then they're, so conveniently not around when shit goes on yeah. people would think that hey are you a fucking coward you know yeah. everyone I'm trying to Amber's trying to save people's lives despite yeah. the fact that she does not have powers yeah. and you know that's and she would feel from, another that's way a change from the comic book another change from the comic book and her character and I actually you know, really appreciate that yeah it's just like they have I mean from her perspective you know he's you know he's a cowardly piece of shit you know who does not like to stick his neck out when things are tough and from her perspective, that's not someone who she wants to be with. Yeah. You know, um, although it the, sucks in this, that in he, this, in this episode, she's missing out. Uh, in this episode, I think she's starting to get to where she gets to in the comic book, where it's just like she just at one point like he comes in the. Spoiler, I don't know how they're gonna play in the show, but spoiler in the comic book, uh, the way he tells her in the comic book is like he just kind of like shows up one night. He basically like climbs into her window, flies. Into and like it, like and she, like before, like he, he's like, he comes in because he's gonna tell her. And instead of him like trying to tell her, she grabs his hand and goes, "Tell me you're invincible right now, or I'm <laughs> Like she basically goes, "I I already figured this out. It better be this, otherwise you're a horrible person. <laughs> like you're just exactly, you're just a cowardly shithead. Yeah. Like." It's like either you're this superhero or you're a cowardly shithead. I mean, <laughs> this show doesn't take for granted like their messiness when yeah. it comes to relationships. You know, they don't just like make it all nice and clean. It'll all figure out at the end with a lot of superhero shows. Yeah. This they try to like examine the messiness of like and human the one, emotions. The one thing that they majorly changed from the comic book is now. Uh, Debbie knows. Like, that's that's a big change from the comic book. And I'm really interested I, in how they're gonna how they're gonna have that. I was out. the reason why I try to like find out more information about the book is because of that section of that sh- of that episode. 
I was terrified. It is nothing. I was, That's nothing I was, I was terrified because I know what he is, the uh, um, Nolan's character and yeah. how evil he is. I'm like, is he gonna fucking kill her? I, I just, I, I just needed to find out to confirm. Yeah. I, I'm glad that hopefully yeah. they don't do anything like that. It's but actually, yeah, I, was, I don't know what. I was which, very, I don't very know which terrified. is worse. The way she finds out in the show by like piecing it together herself, or the way she finds out in the comic book, which is basically she's uh, tapped into a feed or like an audio feed when uh, when Mark finds out. No, it's it's a news report. It's a news. It's a yeah, because that. everyone witnesses uh, Omni Man murder the immortal guy. Yeah, you and know. He's in yeah. So, I mean, in this case, the show is giving the characters more agency. They're, they're it's more thought It's giving her specifically more agency. She doesn't have very much agency in, in the in the comic. Which is like a benefit of like yeah. TV writers doing this. And also, you, you cast Sandra Oh as voice. There's no way yeah. you can't give yeah. it. <laughs> Sandra Oh will beat the shit out like, of I mean, I, like, <laughs> I could automatically hear from her voice that this character is going to go straight for all to alcoholism it's just gonna go bad it's yeah. just go bad and i feel so terrible for her but yeah just like just the messiness of like relationships and how they're not i was terrified that for up. her i was even more terrified art they were gonna change that from the book i was like oh my god is he gonna, mur- is he gonna murder art I'm yeah. gonna- i that that um, would make me very i would not be surprised but that would upset me a lot yeah. if i really in the comic books I re- even though he's a, a minor character in the comic books i love art um but yeah, this was like this was a fucking for me an awesome like Friday night watching yeah. these two shows. Um, I just like watching them back to back. And Invincible was just a oh my goodness, it's yeah. just like a, a great show. And I'm like I'm really pumped that uh, with Amazon Prime, like the first four volumes are free to download. Yeah, uh, and I'm fu- I'm gonna smart. get started on it's like doing that. Uh, so is that there? Uh, couple more things, I think like two more things, and then I think we can wrap up um, as far as the recording is concerned, we can still like hang out. Uh, there was a new Loki preview that I think we watched last week. I'm, again, like super intrigued about that, because that's a whole other... I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it's Disney. I mean, if it's not a Mulan, I think we could, <laughs> we, could pro- we could, we know it's going to be quality. You know, program. I still, have, I still want to see Raya. I want to see Raya when it comes out, when it's not, when I don't have to pay premiere, whatever it's, it is, premiere access. It's not my it cup of tea. It's um, not my cup of tea. I, I usually, I'll get around to watching Soul as well. Soul fucking made me cry. I'm yeah, sorry. Yep. Yeah. That's cry. why I haven't watched it yet. That's literally why it I haven't watched it. It made me fucking it. cry. Every single one of those movies has made me fucking cry. And I'm a fucking teacher, and <laughs> <laughs> the character is a teacher. I'm like, damn it. Coco made me ball like a fucking baby. Really? Yeah. I don't know what it was about that. That maybe oh. because the entire fucking movie is about death. I was like, yeah, there were parts of that. It just started balling like a baby. But yeah, I mean, when is that coming out? It's uh, already Loki. out of premiere access. I don't know when it's going to be available. I don't know how that works. No, me. no, in terms of Lo- Loki. Oh, Loki! Yeah. I don't. Know. No, Loki's coming out in June. In June. Oh, oh, okay. oh that's very cool. Okay, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm 
I'm more concerned about like news of what's going to happen, like with like the big budget movies. I like yeah. MCU shows. I know it's going to be a lock. It'll be done in great quality. I'm just concerned about like what's going to be up for Phase Four. What's going to happen? How does Black Widow factor in all of this? Is Black Widow for free? Or you have to pay money no, to access it's gonna probably It's going to be premiere access for the same amount of time. Yeah. It's, it's on Disney, so we're gonna, they're going to make us pay. Yeah. And then you wait a little we'll way. I'll probably end up paying just because we'll do it as like an event. Um, speaking of which, we might need to wait to see it because I don't know what my schedule is next week, but you know what comes out next week. Yeah, right? Mortal Kombat. We could, do, we could push it back. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I will let you know. I'm not sure okay. what I'm doing. So excited about that. Um but yeah, I am I'm, I'm excited, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely down to wait yeah. for you guys. Uh Rich, are you down for Mortal Kombat? I'm down. Okay. Oh, and uh actually super excited to bring an animated adaptation of Long Halloween. Which will probably be I sent you the preview. Okay, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm super excited about because DC animated movies, by and large, have been fantastic. Yeah, um, aside from, you know, a couple misses. From Hush uh, and, and Killing Joe. Yeah. Those are the two. I actually haven't, I've, I haven't watched Hush because you said it was not good. I, uh, I mean, I, and I didn't watch Killing based Joe. on, from, maybe to a layperson, it's, it's, they'll enjoy it, but I know what happened in the books. I, I, and I love it, the book too. I hated what they did <laughs> with <laughs> with hush, so I, if you if you read it, I, I don't might, watch I might, it. I, I, I might watch it. You know, I am. it's a, it's it was a huge letdown. Okay. It was a huge letdown uh, because that's very probably some of the best work that both of those people have done. Um, it might be might be even though he's done some stuff since then, mostly covers. It might be the best thing Jim Lee has ever done in his career. <laughs> like the art in in Hush is. I'm, Jim Lee does amazing things. I mean, in everything, and it's not just Jim it's Lee. Not, everybody, it's not. It's not. It's not. Everyone on that book was like, I mean, like when I talk about it, like it's Jim. I can't remember whether it's Jim Lee inking over himself. I'd have to, I think it is Jim Lee inking over himself. It's not Scott. It might not. Eh, I'm gonna have to Google that. Whether it's Scott Williams inking over him, uh, and then like the colors on that are extraordinary. Like everything about that. I don't know. I. I, I I was a huge fan of Jim Lee, but right now I'm a Greg Capullo stan. I'm a huge he, so stan for Greg I, He, pre-Batman, I, I liked him, but I wasn't a huge fan of him. On Batman, he's been fantastic. He's been, I, I noticed him in Spawn. He made Spawn I noticed, I noticed amazing. I him Spawn, too. Like, I, I, I thought he was one of the best, and it was a huge pickup for DC Comics. To this day, I mean, I love all... I mean, I, I've fallen out of love with Todd McFarlane. I have to. Um, I have to. Um, in terms of what he's done with Spawn, great when it comes to Spider-Man. But he just he just never was able to capture that he magic. He recycled a lot of stuff. Um, uh, but, literally recycled a lot of stuff. Um, but um, it's... Right now, it's Greco Pulo, Mark Silvestri... He's what's, another what's one. Funny, what's uh, funny one is I was just, because I'm doing the layouts for the comic book that I'm working on, and I went back to old 
issues in Wizard, and Greg Capullo did some couple of issues on building building more powerful pages, like powerful pages, like tricks that you can do to mm -hmm. make your panels like more dynamic. And it's just like, ah, Greg Capullo. 1990s Greg Capullo. He's like he's he's a dope guy. Um, he's got a lot of energy, um, and I, it's I, obviously I'm biased, but I'm, I just love his style. Well, I just love. His I style. I uh, I love his more modern stuff. His stuff on Avengers I like, but I wasn't as big of a fan. I'm more of a fan. I mean, he's a great artist, but I'm more of a fan of him as a person now that I, I watch his live stream. Finch. Finch. I love me some David Finch. Finch. He's I don't, so Canadian. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why he's not. He hasn't blown up. You know, I loved his artwork. It's yeah. just like, it's. I don't know how to say it, but it's like, it's very gritty and toned down. He's hyper rendered. He's like a hyper rendered. I love his art. Yeah. I I know he did something with top with image or top tile called Ascension. Yeah. Beautiful art. I mean, the book was man. Book not great. Uh, yeah. But it just the great. art was great. Um, going. Brett Booth. I know he's he yes. came back. I'm, I've been a huge fan. I've been a huge fan of his art. Yes. I just wish he does this, like he did like a Spider Man run because I always when yes. I saw his art, I figured he'd be perfect. I bought doing so a Spider. There was an issue of Wizard where they did Booth, an ideal writer and artist for different books, and for Amazing Spider Man, they had him because he did draw Spider Man. In a way back in the day, it was a cross Marvel uh, and Wildstorm, Wildstorm thing? crossover yeah. with Backlash Spider Man. Yeah. Um, and his Spider Man is like holy shit. It's a, I, it was like the ideal collection of uh, split between Tom McFarlane and Jim Lee. Um, what? Wait. Your phone is right over there. Is Brett Booth the one? I know. Sadly, what's his name? Um, um, terrible. I'm drawing like names right now. Who? Um, what did he do? Or like, no, Brett Booth. Brett Booth. I know he's coming back. Okay. I've heard his name linked with some. Kind okay, of he's still problems. alive. Sorry, there's one of these guys that like, not Michael Turner. Michael Turner is not the one I was thinking of because I know Michael Turner died. Yeah. For some reason, I keep thinking that Brett Booth had died. One of those guys. No. One of those like guys like Brett who died like a couple of years ago. I feel terrible. Scott Campbell? That Jay, the guy who did Gen 13. And... Jay Scott Campbell? No, Jay Scott Campbell's still alive. He's still okay. Um. Um. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Greg Capullo, he's just amazing. He's dead. He, yeah. He's. Oh, I just love this. And we should stop because I am running out of battery. Power. All right. Um, <laughs> wait, Charlie, you still conscious? I thought.